Well, as you can tell by the decorations and by the music, that uh, we are into the Christmas season. And so this morning we're going to be in Second Peter chapter 3, which is a very familiar Christmas scripture. Actually, it's not, but uh, this is where we're going to start anyway. Uh, this morning we, light, we lit, we lighted, we lit the hope candle, and this morning the, uh, the, uh, the way we're headed is the anticipation of hope. And so I'd like for you to stand this morning. I'm going to give you just a little background of what go, is what's going on here. Peter is living in the anticipation that Jesus is going to come back again. Peter has been alive when Jesus was born. Peter has walked with Jesus. Peter has sat at Jesus' feet and heard him. He has watched Jesus die. He's watched Jesus come back to life. He saw him in his resurrected form. He saw Jesus ascend into heaven. And Jesus said, I'm going to come back. And Peter is living in this sense and with this hope that Jesus is going to come back. The disciples believed that Jesus would come back in their lifetime. They believed that they would see Jesus come back. And they lived like that. And so this is where he is. And this is where he's just giving you a little background of where he's writing from. Dear friends, this is now my second letter to you. I've written both of them as reminders to stimulate you to wholesome thinking, I want you to recall the words spoken in the past by the holy prophets and the command given by our Lord and Savior through your apostles. First of all, you must understand that the last days, in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forget that long ago, by God's words, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of the water and by the water. By these waters also the world at that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? And what he's telling you here, he says, this is how the people of God live anticipating Jesus to come. You ought to live holy and godly lives. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, Make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation, 
Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him, he writes the same way in all of his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain the same things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do other scriptures to their own destruction. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from the secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, help us to live lives anticipating that you're going to come back again. Father, help us to live like you would come back in the next moments. Your word says that that is possible, and we believe that it is so. And so, Father, help us to live with anticipation. Father, we just ask that your word would speak into our hearts today, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. This is a time of year that is filled with anticipation. You can see it in your kids, and if you're around kids, they're excited, and they're excited about what's getting ready to happen. Uh, the week of Thanksgiving, I was sick the whole week. I went home Sunday afternoon, and by Sunday evening bedtime, I was sick, and I stayed in bed nearly for a week in there. And while I was in bed, I got to watch a lot of TV. And I don't really watch very much TV, but I didn't have anything else to do, so I laid there, and I, I seriously, I didn't feel like reading. I didn't feel like thinking I would just sit there and I'd watch TV for a little while and then I'd be sick and then I'd go back to bed and sleep and it was just awful. But I got to watch a lot of TV and all the news shows as you was, as it came time for Thanksgiving and, and the days after Thanksgiving, there was this buildup of anticipation and starting about Wednesday night, there was this anticipation for the great things that were going to happen on Thanksgiving and the day after Thanksgiving, and that was the Black Friday sales. And you could see it in all of the uh, commercials, and even in the newscast, there was different sections, not only on the national news, but on the local news, and they were anticipating Christmas sales. And they had all kinds of advice how you could take part in and how you could better prepare yourself to anticipate these sales that were coming. And it was just this, this ongoing, just anticipating the things that was coming. And it was, it was remarkable to me to watch that even on the nightly news that they had a section just anticipating Black Friday sales and Cyber Monday. I'm not even sure what that is, but they were talking about this is how you can really save. And so there was all this anticipation that was going on. <coughs> This has always been a season of anticipation. When Jesus was born, and we're celebrating the birth of Jesus, and when Jesus was born, the people were in a place of anticipation. They were under the rule of the Romans, and they were being oppressed financially. They were being oppressed uh, uh, physically. The, the government was, was uh, bringing them down. And they were in this place where they were anticipating and praying that the Messiah would come. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had the privilege to be in Israel. And, and one of the saddest things that I saw while I was still there was many of the Orthodox Jews still living in anticipation that the Messiah is going to come. 
The Messiah has already come. The good thing is he has come. He has brought redemption. And I think something that we forget about is he's coming again. He is not going to stay forever. He is not going to stay away forever. There is a day when Jesus is going to come again. And while they are living in the place anticipating that he will come the first time, we need to be living in anticipation that Jesus is coming again. That there is going to be a time when all rights, all wrongs are going to be righted. I don't know if that's a word, but it's, it's going to be all, everything that's wrong is going to be made right. All the injustices of the world will be brought back into justice and things will be redeemed and brought back. But I think sometimes we don't anticipate his coming again. I think too often we just go through life, we just live day to day, we we get up, we go to work, we make it through another day, but do we really anticipate that this could be the day of the Lord? This could be the day that Jesus comes again, and that will either bring fear into your heart or it will bring joy into your heart. If you are redeemed and you are living in, in the presence of God and God has forgiven you of all your sin and you are following Jesus with all that is in you, that should bring joy into your heart. If you are not following Jesus, it should bring fear into your heart. See, the, the power of God and the righteousness of God either brings fear or it brings joy. And that's what we are. And we're in this place of anticipation. I just want you to remember that Jesus is coming again. There's coming a day when we will see Jesus and we will see him in all of his beauty. All the things that have been wrong will be brought to justice. All the wrongs of history will be made right. Justice is coming. And justice either brings joy or fear. And we in the church should be looking forward to this day. We should live our lives in a matter that shows Jesus is coming again. And Peter writes this passage as one who is looking for Jesus to come again. Peter grew up when he was in, alive at this time. He was living in anticipation that Jesus would come back in that time. And uh, like I was saying, I was, I was in Israel a few weeks ago, and, and it, it still is in this place that it has been for years. It's still in a place where its enemies, uh, the, the people of Israel, are looking for God to come and wipe out their enemies, for God to bring them back to the place where they need to be. And, the, and they are happy that they have a place where they, are, they have a state, but they still have enemies all around them trying to destroy them. And the people of Israel are still looking for God to come and make everything right. But the thing is, he has come. He has redeemed the world. He is working out his redemption plan for all mankind. But just like the people in Jesus' day, sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we don't realize or we don't live uh, in in, in uh, a way that is living in anticipation, sometimes the way the weight of the world uh, begins to to bring us down, and we start living in this place of of uh, oppression. Like I told you, I was able to watch uh, the news more than I normally do, and if you, I, I tell you what, I don't recommend you watching the news. 
I think you need to, I don't know what to do. It's, it's kind of hard to, I think we need to be informed about what's going on in the world. But I tell you what, if you watch it very much, you'll start, uh, you'll start getting down. It'll start bringing you down. If, uh, I tell you, if you really want, and this is, this shows how much time I had on my hand. You really want to get, uh, down, watch Dr. Phil. I'm telling you why. Those will make, that'll make you go home and hug all your kids and your wife. You think, man, I, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I mean, these people live in dysfunction. And, but that's the world we live in. And we look around, <coughs> and you don't have to look very far. There's so much dysfunction in the world and so many bad things going on and, and so much crime and so much so much racism and injustice and we look at the people and we look around and it's just like what was going what's just what Peter was talking about the same thing was going on when Peter was alive and the same thing was going on when Jesus was born into the world and if we look at all this stuff we we say well something needs to be done you ever you ever listen to the tv and say somebody ought to do something What's, what's going on? People are hurting and, and, and somebody needs to do something. And, and I think that, that in our lives sometimes we look around and we say, we, we need to do something. And, and I think that that's our natural thing, that we want to do something, that we need to change the world. We need to be world changers. But Peter, who is a person who has lived in times much like us, who has served Jesus and listened to what he said, Peter does not tell us to do anything. And I think it's interesting here, and uh, Peter is this person that tells us how we need to live in this anticipation that, uh, that Jesus is coming. We, we have, and, I, and I'm taking this from one of the readings that you're going to read this week. He says, we feel like we need to do do, do. We feel like we need to act, act, act. We feel like we need to fight, fight, fight. How often do you watch TV and, and you think, surely there's something that I need to do? And if you watch TV and if you're on the internet at all, there are causes for everything. There's always someone we can have, we have a cause for this. We're helping people do this or we're helping animals or we're helping uh, families or we're helping the poor, we're helping the sick or we're helping whatever. And I'm not saying those things are bad, but I think it's interesting what Peter's answer is to the injustices of the world around us. I think in the world we live in, we we, we think, I've got to do something, and if I don't do something, there's something wrong with me. And there's even, even to where nowadays, if you don't do something, people are like, well, why don't you do something? Why aren't you doing something? Why don't you have a cause? What, do you not care? Has anybody ever said that to you? Do you not care? A few years ago, uh, there was a... Uh, there was a uh, no, I'm not going to say it. Anyway... Uh, it's just it just comes to that if you don't have a cause then there's something wrong with you and we feel like we must act so what are we supposed to do there is a list of possibilities that is endless of the things that you can throw yourself into but i want us to look at what peter was doing 
when he was in the same situation that we are in. If you read the book of Acts, it says that the book that the church in Acts did a very few things. And one of the things that they did was they adhered to the teachings of the apostles. Peter was an apostle, and this is what he is teaching. And he decides, and he describes a day, and, and when he talks about this, he says, people are doing whatever they want to do. They, they have an ignorant way of thinking, and they, and they teach bad things. And, and, the, and he talks about, he says, in the last day, scoffers will be scoffing and following their own evil desires. Does that sound like today? You have people, you hear things, and you're just like, I, don't be, I cannot believe that people think this is all right. But Peter's saying the same thing. He says this is, he's describing the same kind of day that we are living in here. And he describes a time that is just like this, a day when the world is in chaos and everything seems to be falling apart. And if you look at the world that Peter is describing, it is very much like the world we live in. And Peter is a follower of Jesus as we are a follower of Jesus And Peter says, this is what we are to do. And if you read about Peter's life and you follow him from when he was first a disciple and then you get him to hear, his reaction here is very different than what it was when he was first a disciple. When, when Peter was first a disciple, if you, if you go back to him, I, I love to read Peter because, uh, to read about Peter because Peter was always the guy doing the wrong thing. His, his motto was act and then think later. He was a person who was always putting his foot in his mouth. When there was something going on, Peter would say, somebody needs to do something. I'm going to do something. And usually he would say something that was very foolish. Uh, we, when we were in Israel, we got to see uh, the, the mount of, uh, where, where Jesus met with uh, Moses and Elijah. And, and, and Peter was there. And Peter gets at this place and he goes, let's, let's make tabernacles. We need, to, we need to do something here. We need to do something. And literally, if you read the scripture the way that it is meant to be, it's really God says, will you shut up? He literally is saying to Peter, shut up. You are yammering and making no sense of all. Just shut up and enjoy what you're seeing. And so Peter was always that way. If you remember when he was uh, the night that, uh, that uh, they came to get Jesus, Peter said, we need, to, we need to do something. I'll cut off a servant's ear. That'll help everything. Peter was always quick to act, and every time he acted, it was the wrong thing. Peter was not very quick to pray, not very quick to listen to God. And, and maybe if he had taken a little more time when it came time to speak up for Jesus, he wouldn't have denied him three times. Peter was quick to do and not quick to listen to what God would say. And then we get to this place, a, a place where Peter is living in this anticipation that Jesus is coming and he, and he sees people all around him and he says, these scoffers are scoffing and they do whatever they want to do and they're saying evil and things are falling apart all the way around us. This would look like the perfect time for Peter to jump in and do something. And the old Peter would have. 
The old Peter would have been up in everybody's face. What are you doing? You're messing everything up. What's wrong with you? You're just goofing everything up. Something needs to be done. You need to be put in jail or thrown out or something or another. The old Peter would have done that. But the Peter who's living with the power of the Holy Spirit inside of him, anticipating that Jesus is coming, he says, what you do in a time like this is you make every effort to live a holy life. What? Is there something I don't, isn't there something I can do? Isn't there a cause that I can go be part of? Isn't there something I need to do? And Peter, who is a follower of Jesus Christ, who has followed him and been impulsive and been that person who's always a person to act, says that's not what we do. When you're living in anticipation that Jesus is coming, he says... He says, this follower of Jesus, who is set at Jesus' feet, who was one of the first people in all of history to receive the power of the Holy Spirit upon him, he says, when everything's falling around you, the first thing you do is make every effort to live a holy life. What? What? Am I not supposed to say something? Am I not supposed to do something? And Peter says that my job is not to change the world, but my job is to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to change my life so much that everybody around me sees the difference in the way that I live. That I'm always trying to live in a way that is anticipating that Jesus is coming at any moment. Maybe Peter has learned that if he spends more time praying and less time asking, that he has less time to cut people's ears off. That when he spends more time allowing the Holy Spirit to work in him, that he spends less time saying things that shouldn't be said. You see, living like Jesus is going to come back today might change the way that you live. I want you to think about it this morning. If I believe that Jesus is coming back, if each man would live like Jesus is coming back today, what would happen different in my life? What would happen with the way that I live What would change in my disposition? Would I be as worried about what's going on around me or the things that are coming up in this next week if I were living like Jesus is coming back today? Would the weight of my job or the weight of the things that are in my home, would they mean as much and would they weigh on me as hard if I was living like Jesus is coming back today? Would the values that I hand to my kids be different if I was living like Jesus is coming back today? Would the things that I speak into my kids' lives be different if I was living and I really had the anticipation that Jesus is coming back today? Would the things that I spoke into my grandkids' lives and the things that I continue to try to speak into my own kids' lives 
Would I spend as much time talking about the world or talking about the things that are going on in our lives or would I be speaking to them saying, you know, Jesus could come back today? Would the values that I hand down be different if I were living like Jesus would come back today? Would the way I look at life be different? Would the value that I put on the material things of this world or on my retirement or on my home or the things that I value, would they have much as much value if I was living like I could be gone and snatched from this world today? Would my 401k mean as much to me if I was living like Jesus might come today? I'm going to tell you, folks, if Jesus comes today, your 401k ain't going to matter. It's not going to matter because Jesus could come today. And you know what the truth is? Jesus could come today. And I'm afraid sometimes as the church, and I'm guilty of this because I'm just telling you, this has helped me and it, and it always, that's why I love Advent. It helps get us where we're thinking right again. But are you living like Jesus might come back today? Would the way you treat people be different if you thought Jesus might be coming back today? I had the wonderful opportunity of being behind Tony Foster this week at McDonald's. The most ungodly place in the world. People who have no manners whatsoever throng to that place. And I was behind Tony. And I watched a car that just did not go by the rules of of civil a civil society at all. Just cut him off. And uh Grayson was uh driving and and I, I saw the whole thing. I was I was right behind him. I rolled my window down so I could maybe hear them curse. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't. (laughs) He's pointing to Tony, but I don't think that's what. And I watched Grayson, and Grayson's just, and and Tony's just, you know, they're just sitting there shaking, and I'm I'm just like, I'm going to see what's going to happen. And, and they just did the best they could. But I wonder, because, I mean, it's my battle, too. I mean, every time you go there, there's always somebody doing Or, And I, I told Tony later, I was, we was talking about it and laughing about the whole thing. I told him, I said, when I go get in a line, I'm a large person. But apparently, I'm completely invisible. People cannot see me, cannot see me at all. And they just walk in front of me like I am not there at all. And I have, and this is challenging me because it is, it is always my challenge, things like this. But if Jesus is going to come this afternoon, what's my response going to be to that person? And I'm going to be honest with you, my responses are not always the way they're supposed to be. I get aggravated and I get upset and, and things bother me. But I wondered if I, and I've been thinking about this all week as I've been, t- I've been going over this in my mind. If I'm living like Jesus is going to come today, what's my response going to be? Is my response going to be, you stupid idiot, what's the matter with you? 
Or is my response going to be, you know what, Jesus might come today and this might be the only time I get to speak or maybe I just shouldn't say anything. Jesus might come today, so what's the words I'm going to speak into my kids' life before they go to school? When they have problems in their school or they have problems with people, what, what am I going to speak into their life if I'm living like Jesus living in anticipation that Jesus is coming again today. Maybe I would love people like there is no tomorrow because there might not be tomorrow. Maybe I would praise God on Sunday morning like there would be no tomorrow because maybe the, you know this morning the time we praise together may be the last time we get to do that. Jesus could come today. Maybe I would treat people like Jesus would because he might be coming this afternoon. See, Peter says that in everything I do, I'm to make every effort to live a holy life, to live in anticipation that Jesus is coming. And you say, Pastor, how would that change the world? Well, I'm going to tell you what, I think it would probably change things in your house. It might change the way your kids act it might change the way your kids go to school it might change the way they act in class it might help their teacher have a better day and then make that teacher have a better day when they go home that night three or four weeks ago i talked to little boys and i said you know when you go to school and your mom and dad ask you to get up in the morning and you don't get up and you stay in bed and they have to come and ask you three or four times to, to come and, and get in bed and, and get out of bed and get your breakfast and stuff. And I said, when you don't obey your parents, I said, then that starts getting them in a bad mood. I said, and then they take you to school and, and they're upset and you're upset. And so you go and you, uh, they go to work. And I said, and they make the people that they work with upset. And then, and then they go home and they're upset and they make their kids upset. And then their kids go to school the next day and they're upset and it makes their teacher upset. And their teacher goes home and their family gets upset all because you wouldn't get out of your bed and go to school in the morning. And the little kids are like, What? And I was like, this is brilliant, and you're not getting it. But it's the truth. You see, one person making every effort to live a holy life trickles down, and it changes everything. It really does. And Peter knew this, and Peter understood this. And he said, it changes your life, it changes your people you're around it changes your work conditions it changes your family and this is how God brings change not me trying to change everybody and telling everybody what's wrong with them but me living a changed life and living like Jesus could come at any minute Dads, I want to ask you this morning. Does your family see you living like Jesus could come today? Is that how you live? I'm just being real honest this morning. You living like Jesus could come at any time. Or do you live 
Like you're thinking he's not going to come in your lifetime and you're hoping that maybe I can have some sort of a a deathbed experience and make it to heaven. I'm just being honest this morning. I'm just asking today. Moms, are you living like Jesus could come today? And I just want to ask you the question, if Jesus did come today, are you ready? If Jesus came right now, would you be ready? Jesus said, Peter said, don't live for this world, but live a holy life like Jesus could come back at any moment. And I want to ask you, if Jesus did come back, would he find you faithful this morning? I want us to stand. I'd like for, I'd like for uh, Lance to come and just lead us in a song. I love this scripture because Peter was a lot like us. I need to do something. I need to change the world. I need to speak. And usually when we try to to tell people what needs to happen in our life, we always put our foot in our mouth and we say the wrong thing and we do the wrong thing. And we live in a world that says, you need to do, you need to do, you need to do. And Peter, this ambitious follower of Jesus, has come full circle. And he says, you just need to be holy. You need to live like Jesus is coming today. Because he might. And folks and dads and moms, when we live like Jesus might come today, it changes the way we act. It changes our values. It changes the way we think about things. It changes the words we say it changes the way we love it changes the things that we think are important this is a this is a great title today anticipation are you living in anticipation that Jesus is coming back I want to open up the altars this morning I ask you the question But are you living like Jesus is going to come back? If Jesus came today, would you be ready? I don't preach like this all the time, but I felt like this is what what God wanted us to preach today. If Jesus comes back, are you ready? Are you living in anticipation? If I said Jesus is coming back in 30 seconds, is your heart filled with fear? Or is your heart filled with joy? If your heart's filled with fear... You need to come and repent. I'm just saying. You need to repent and get in that place where you're living and right, making every effort to follow Jesus the way that Peter talks about. We're going to open up the altar. If you need to pray, come and pray. We'll come pray with you. Jesus is coming back. I don't know when. It might be before we get done here today. Are you ready to meet him? If you need to pray, come. Come as we sing.